0: Welcome to the Beach Catholic Podcast with Father Brian Barr. As always, in this podcast, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Sunday's Gospel, as well as Father Brian Barr's homily. Additionally, starting in April, Father Brian will be answering your questions in his weekly Q&A segment. To submit a question, you can send an email to beachcatholicpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, we never use any names or email addresses in the podcast, so all questions are anonymous. Until then, here's the Gospel from March 12, 2017, the second Sunday of Lent. God bless.
1: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. When the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus there. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So um, I'm sure a number of you people know this, that uh, Billy Joel has been doing these concerts at uh, Madison Square Garden for the last couple of years. He uh, kind of has this interesting arrangement, I guess, with the garden where he's, uh, he does one concert a month. Um, it's not like a tour where he'll do you know four or five together and move on to another city. It's just once a month at the garden, uh, tickets go on sale, they're announced, tickets go on sale, they, you know, they sell out in the hours. Um, and I think the, the understanding is he's going to continue, he'll do this indefinitely um, as long as there's sort of a demand for it. He kind of jokes about it, he says, well, he's a, he's a Long Island guy, it's a nice commute, he doesn't have to be traveling all over the, all over the country you know, and so on, planes and airports. Um, he's got this policy, uh, Billy Joel does, where um, the first two rows of the con- of tickets on the floor, you can't buy them. They're not. They're never for sale. Um, what he does is he uh, keeps them free, and then uh, right before the show, his people will go up into uh, you know the nosebleed section, and they'll pick out people who uh, who are up there, bought tickets but way up top, and his people will say, "Okay, uh, you guys come with us." and he'll bring him down to the floor, which is kind of a, kind of a cool thing. I think it's about, it about 50 seats, the front two rows. Um, somebody sent me this article, it was a blog, I think it was actually, where this guy who was writing this article uh, was there. He had tickets, and he was way up top, and he said right in front of him, uh, the row in front of him, he, there were two, two separate group, groups of people. There were these four guys. He said like they were in their 40s, you know, they were obviously, the way they were dressed, they were in suits, they were coming from work in the city, I guess one of them got tickets, so they're there, and right next to these four are these four other kids, college kids, and uh, they start talking to each other, the two groups in front of this guy, and uh, these kids were, uh, they were from, I think were from, traveled down from Connecticut, a school in Connecticut, and they were psyched, they were, they loved Billy Joel. They had never seen him in concert. Um, so they were really pumped about it. And these guys, I think all of them had seen him in concert. So they were kind of telling these kids stories about shows they had been to and and so on. In a way, this guy in the back is kind of just taking it all in, observing it. And then Billy Joel's people show up and they walk over and uh, they go to the four guys in the suits, the, the middle aged guys, and they say, hey, would you? Here's, here's four tickets. You can go down to the floor. So they go crazy. These guys are excited. And the people around are all, you know, kind of making a to-do about it. And then these four guys kind of got, well, they kind of like started to talk to each other. There's little conversations going on among them. And then the guy who had the four tickets takes them and he turns to the college kids. And he says, uh, you guys can go. It was kind of neat. And then, uh, and then everybody went crazy in that, in that particular area. People kind of saw what they had done. So they kind of made, it was a bit of a commotion. Um, so much so that the Billy Joel guys thought there was like a, a fight or something going on over here. So they kind of make their way back and it's explained to them what has just happened. And they take out four more tickets and they give them to these the four guys that gave them away. Um, So it's just kind of a neat story about... um, Really, well, I guess what the the point of this article was... Sort of like, you know, you do the right thing. When you do the right thing, usually the right thing is is a tough thing. More often than not. Not always, but the right thing is usually difficult. Um, And when you do it, you win. Ultimately, you win. Like, you know, you you get the the tickets down on the floor. Uh, It goes your way when you when you do the right thing. So what's the point of the story? Um, I think it's this. If somebody gives you Billy Joel tickets on the floor, give them away. (laughs) Give them to me, give them to me. No, Uh, it's not that, it's not that, but it's uh, when we say yes to the right thing, We usually go to great places. Great things happen when we do the right thing. I mean, literally, in the case of these four guys, yeah, they did the right thing. And and five minutes later, they're on the floor, feet away from Billy Joel. Look at this gospel. Look what happens to these three disciples Jesus took Peter, James, John, and led them up a mountain. And then we know what happened. I just read it. Just wild, supernatural, confirming things happen. If they had any doubts about who Jesus was, well, they must have been taken away at that point because of what they witness, of what they encounter on this mountaintop. Well, here's the thing to consider. It says Jesus led them up. So presumably at some point before he let them up, he said, hey, guys, come with me. And they got up and they followed him. What if they hadn't? What if they just said, no, I'm kind of, I'm kind of busy. Uh, I'm going to pass on that. I'm not going to go. Um, how about the other nine? Did he just ask these three? Like, we kind of presume he just asked these three. They were kind of special, his most special arguably apostles, but it doesn't say that he didn't ask the other nine. Maybe he asked all 12, and nine of the 12 came up with excuses. You know, I mentioned last week that um, I was in the Holy Land. I was here I with this Mount Tabor, which is where they, they believe the transfiguration happened. I was there. It's a crazy mountain. It is seriously high mountain. You know, the tour bus we were on for the whole trip, Couldn't even take that up the hill because the roads were so windy and narrow. So you had to get in these little vans and make your way up. I remember thinking as I was driving up here, like, wow, imagine getting up here on foot. You know, minus the van. Just, it would be crazy. It would be a seriously tough hike. Maybe the other guys, maybe the other nine just knew that. They knew where he was asking them to go. They knew that it was going to be a brutal walk. And they were just like, I'm not going to go. Maybe they just blew it off. And because of that, they missed out. These three guys who said, Okay, I will go with you. I will, I'll accept the invitation. Look what they get when they do the right thing. I think when we accept God's invitations, and they never stop. It's not like just you get one invite. I think every day... We get invitations from God to follow Him. When we say yes, we end up in great places. I mean, just track it. Look at, look at your life. Look at the times in your life when you really did do the right thing, and it was. You, you maybe you were a little conflicted. You realized it wasn't going to be easy. It was going to involve giving up something, sacrificing in some significant way and you did it and look where it took you look what it got you i mean as dramatic as as this moment on the mountain no but i suspect it got you to a great place i suspect without question you say it was so worth it it was worth the sacrifice it was worth the hike i'm glad i said yes to his invitation. I think that's, in a sense, really what Lent is. It's an invitation to all of us, multiple invites, to follow Him in new ways, in particular ways, that maybe we don't do quite as much in the other months of the year. But at least in these weeks, I have got to listen out, and I have got to follow Him. And He's probably going to want me to follow Him to some tough place. Am I declining or am I accepting? I remember, um, I guess about four years ago, I, I was asked to help out on this retreat. It was a, uh, I was asked to help out with confessions. Uh, it was a weekend retreat for, uh, for men. It was a, for uh, out recovering alcoholics. It's about 50 guys and um, it's called the Matt, they're called Matt Talbot retreats. And they're really great. Uh, anyway, a person, friend of a friend asked if, if I could help out. on uh, Saturday night of this weekend, they got uh, confessions. So I said, yeah. And they asked me like two months in advance. Well, anyway, the day of, I it, it ended up becoming a, a ridiculously busy day. I just like, uh, I, had baptis- I had a funeral, and I had baptisms, and I had a wedding. And then I had confessions here, and I had a five o'clock mass here. So it was just like, it was like a never-ending day. And then I'm looking at my calendar, like, oh, my, now I got to go out after, you know, later in the night, drive out to Suffolk and hear confessions, which is like, I wished so much I hadn't agreed to go to do this. If I, I if I had known the day was going to be like that, I would have said, ah, I can't do it. Well, I knew I had to go. I, I flirted with blowing it off. I flirted with saying no. But, I mean, they, they needed people to hear confessions. So I, I went, I went, and, you know, it's like when you do the right thing good things happened. This ended up being, I was only there for like an hour and a half, but it was tremendous. It's like just great group of men. Anyway, the guy right before confessions, a guy gives a talk uh, about confession, encouraging the guys on retreat to go. And he sort of told his story. And he himself was a recovered alcoholic. And he, he, he top, his topic was invitations. He was inviting these guys to take, many of these guys had not been to confession in, you know, a million years. And he was inviting them to go to confession. Maybe not so unlike Jesus' invitation to the disciples. But he told his story, and he said it was, honestly, you know, it was like, it was a story of a lot of invitations that he declined. For a lot of years, people telling him, you got to look at your drinking. And he just wouldn't hear it. So much so that, you know, he lost his family because of it. He lost his job because of it. And he said at a certain point, people continue to invite him on this journey of recovery. And eventually he did. Eventually he just, he realized, okay, it's pretty much fallen apart. I've got nothing left. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go walking up this mountain if that's what you're asking me to go. And he he got sober. And then he said there was a period of time so he wasn't drinking. And then somebody invited him on this retreat. And he resisted that for a couple of years. Now, I don't want to do the Jesus stuff. I stopped drinking. That's good enough. Like don't don't keep pushing me. Well, eventually he realized that was the missing piece for him and he went. And that was a great and that became a transfiguration moment. So now he's, a bunch of years later, inviting these guys. It's like, it's all about invitation. It's all about him calling us someplace. And like I said before, it's, it's usually a challenging place. It's usually a place that we probably don't really want to go because it's going to require some kind of reform, some kind of you know, self-evaluation. What am I doing? What am I doing right? What am I doing not right? Where do I need to become more focused, maybe more disciplined, be more about sacrifice? I've been cutting corners in this area. I've been getting kind of lazy in this department and none of that's good. So I got to look at it. Well, that's what Lent is. That's what Lent is supposed to be about. It's about him saying, hey, guys, come on, come with me. I want to show you something. I want to show you what you're capable of. So like, the simple question is this, what, what is he inviting us to? What is he, what's, what's the invite, his invite to you? I think that's worth, that's giving it some, that re, warrants some some thought. What is he asking of me this Lent right now? And here's a good way of probably figuring out if, it's, if he in fact is asking it. If you don't really want to go, Then that's probably that's probably the invitation, and we're probably missing out. You ever you ever get invited to something and you decide not to go, and you know a bunch of people who went, and you find out the next day how it was, and it was great. They're describing it, and you're like, God, why did I not go? I can't believe I missed that. I should have gone. I think sin is sort of it's like, well yeah, when the when the RS the invitation comes and we send the RSVP pack saying, No, no, I'm I'm not going. I'm not gonna follow where you're asking me to go. Here in the parish we've got invitations coming up. I mean every night, Monday through Thursday, we've got mass. We add them for lunch, seven o'clock. Maybe he's inviting you to that. It's like ah, come on, I mean Just getting in from work. I'm kind of shot. It's cold. He's inviting me to come to Mayor. Maybe he is. This Thursday night, guys, we have a men's night. It's like, oh, Father Brian, I'm here. Come on. I'm here on Sunday. Now you're asking me to to come to something else? Yeah, it's exactly what I'm doing. You know, I don't know. I I can't say, I don't know for sure that Jesus is inviting you to that, but I am. Come to that? Well, I don't know. I, don't, I've never, I, don't, I go to Mass. I don't, I don't do more stuff than that. Well, this Lent, do more stuff than that. You won't regret it. The three who showed up in that t- mountaintop did not regret it. Neither will we. The following three Thursdays, we've got to have uh, these ho- holy hours. We've got to have different speakers come in for three consecutive Thursdays. For everybody, guys, girls, young and old, come to them. Get your calendar out, get your phone out, and be like, all right, I'm going to do, do these three. Uh, one of them I can't do. All right, I'll do two of the three. I don't even know if I feel like going. Good. I get it. I, I, there's other things I could be doing. I know. He wants us to be with him. So there's the question. What's he inviting you to this Lent? And it's probably a place you don't really feel like going. For Lent, this Lent, go.
0: Thank you for listening to today's show. Once again, Father Brian's Q&A segment starts in April, which is right around the corner. Questions can be emailed to beachcatholicpodcast at gmail.com. And again, all questions will remain anonymous please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher, and feel free to share it with your loved ones. We'll be back next week, and until then, God bless.